I think I started with $1,000 for a day. And at that point, I was like, I'll write anything, (laughs) you know, I'll figure it out. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, it's Emily Reagan here. I am super thrilled to bring you a copywriter and NSYNC superfan, Liz Wilcox, in the house to share how she turns followers into customers. She is the queen of email marketing and teaches something completely radical. And here it is. You should stop writing stories and emails. Liz has something else you should be doing instead. And you're going to love her. She has so much personality. I love that she has the kahunas to go after what she wants. She has an awesome story about living in an RV, then upping her rates and then upping her rates and then charging $7,000 for some of her services. So you're probably going to end up loving her even more than me. (laughs) I'm serious. Liz's audience building advice is perfect for the virtual assistant and freelancer who is helping their clients with the weekly content. You're helping build those lead magnets and opt-ins, and you're helping write those emails. Now go back and listen to episode number... 53, where we talk about three tasks a business owner should hand off to a unicorn assistant. One of those is the weekly email. And it doesn't have to be painful. It doesn't have to be this long email that just impresses other copywriters that nobody reads. You can do Liz's tactic, and it's awesome. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview with Liz Wilcox. Everyone! Guess who's back? (laughs) I made it. Thanks for having me late, my friends. I'm honored to be here. I wish I had some crazy cool in sync introduction for you. But as I said that, I was thinking Backstreet Boys, which is probably not cool. But hey, everyone. (laughs) We got Liz Wilcox here today. She is my friend, copywriter, and she is here to share some email marketing tips with you guys, how to help your clients build their audience. And she has a really nice presentation. Will you give everyone, uh, will you tell everyone where you're at right now? Yeah, give the spiel. Sure. I'm Liz Wilcox. I am currently in Destin, Florida, which is in the panhandle. So I'm wearing a jean jacket and I have a blanket on my lap, but it's really like 70 degrees outside. I just get really cold sitting here. Um, But yeah, so I actually started out as a blogger and course creator, which a lot of your clients clients probably are. And so I find that, you know, yeah, I'm a copywriter and I talk email marketing, like usually very specifically, but I have all that experience of like doing this all myself. And so I come at it from that different perspective where it's not always, you know, I blog about blogging or whatever, like I've done it. My blog was actually about RV travel. And so if you want to talk about And maybe you get this with your clients sometimes. Um, Oh, my client is too cheap or there's no, or, you know, my avatar, there's no way they're going to spend $500 on this or whatever. Like my ideal person didn't even want to pay for electricity, but somehow I got them to purchase um, a course on RV maintenance when I've never even changed a tire before. So like 
Anything is possible, my friends. <laughs> and I'm going to show you how I did it very simply. And so you can look like the unicorn rock star that you are to your clients when it comes to email marketing, because I guarantee most of your clients probably feel like it's super complicated. And if you can simplify it for them, you know, you'll continue on with the unicorn legacy. Yes, camper goals. <laughs> awesome. Megan commenting over there. Yeah. So, so many of you get hired by that solopreneur, that very small team business owner, and they need help showing up consistently in their inbox. They usually are looking to you to ask, what, what do I write? What do I need to do? And even though you are a VA or might have that title, uh, quite often you are telling them and giving them marching orders what to write about, what to do, how to structure some of their email sequences and whatnot. So Liz is here to give you some uh, formulas for that and talk about what you can do to grow an audience. So you have people buying your RV course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's let's just get into it. So I'm going to share my screen. Okay, now it's going to be like really meta. Ooh, look, at now you guys are getting like a BTS type <laughs> of vibe here. But, um, you know, this is written from like, if you were doing it yourself, but you know, you can think of it as for yourself and for your clients. Um, you know, they are obviously building their audience. If they hired you, you know, they're at some sort of stage in their business where they're making money. And this is going to help them and you, you know, turn all their followers into customers, make more money. With your audience in mind, whether you're talking about your business or your client's business, you have to respect your audience. Without them, you're essentially standing alone, singing to yourself. Um, if you can't tell from my earrings, I love sync. And one of the things that I love about them is what, when they were big, they totally knew who they were talking to. They were talking to that teenage girl who was just boy crazy and just, you know, really loved a good um, set of choreography, right? They knew that. They respected them or respected their audience. And so when you think about email marketing and really any marketing in general, this is what I want you to think about, you know, respecting your audience because without them, you know, you're just singing into the void, right? So this is my email staircase. It's a really simple framework. And you can use this. I mean, I'm talking about email here, but really any sort of marketing, whether you're posting for your client on social media or you're trying to build your own brand. First, you have a follower, right? Somebody, they find you online. You get them on their email list and then you turn them into a friend and then you turn them into a customer. It seems really simple. It totally is. I promise you can do this. So when you have a follower, or when your client gets a follower, these are the questions they need to be asking themselves and you can help guide them through this process. So number one, who are they, right? Like, you know, are they someone who wants to become a VA? Are they, you know, someone who wants to know more about boy bands? Are they someone who needs to know more about email marketing? You know, are they a mom? Are they a dad? Are they married, single, divorced, whatever? Who are they? What do they want? Where did they come from? This is really important. So are your followers coming from Instagram, Facebook? Did they find you on Google? Where did they come from? Why did they sign up with you, right? Like email marketing, copywriting, all that. It's been done before. Why would someone sign up with Liz Wilcox versus the other person? Uh, you know, kind of what's unique about you or your messaging? And um, that, one is, that one is really important. That's going to help you really turn them into a friend like I was talking about. And how can you help them? With my RV blog, 
I knew the person's name was Jeff. They were married. Their kids were in college. What do they want? They want to save money. Where did they come from? They came from Pinterest and Facebook. Why did they sign up with me? Because uh, they like a sassy girl in their 30s. And how can I help them? Um, I can give them tips and tricks for making their life easy on the road. And I'm sure a lot of your clients have already done this work. And so you'll be able to help them with their email sequences, their social media, really turn them into a friend. And this is all that a friend is. I know a lot of people give this advice, like write an email or write your social media like you're talking to a friend. But what the heck does that mean? The way that I talk to my best friend or the way I was talking to Emily before we hit the go button is not the same way I'm going to talk to my subscribers. So when I think of a friend as far as, you know, turning that follower into a friend, like on my email list or growing, you know, my Instagram account or whatever, I think of it as I'm in the grocery store, I'm pushing my cart and I see that girl that the their locker was right next to mine in high school. We didn't have a lot in common, you know, but we knew each other. And now all of a sudden we're both Let's say we're both really into sync, And so I'm going to get her number. You're going to get her email address. And I'm going to email her all this stuff that I see. Oh, my gosh. Did you see Lance Bass just posted a really funny video? Um, that kind of friend. I'm not talking to her about all my problems or, you know, sharing about XYZ. I'm just talking to her about sync. So whatever that niche is for your client, whether they're, you know, a crochet blogger, a you know, some kind of business coach, whatever. That's the type of friend I'm thinking of. Does that make sense? So how do you become a friend? You invest your time in them, you share in a relatable way, and you stay top of mind. And I'll give you some examples of this in a bit. So if you write nothing down, um, I want you to write this down. People buy from people they trust. The thing about sales emails and writing the copy, when, you know, when you get on somebody's email list and they tell you, you know, you've got to tell stories and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. Really, it boils down to this one sentence. People buy from people they trust. So if you can help your clients or build your own brand this way, just getting the people on your list to trust you, it's going to make life so much easier. It's going to make sales easy. The thing I think of, like people don't buy when you sell. People buy when they're ready. And something that helps them be ready is to trust you. So let me show you, this is the power of friendship. And I know I'm terrible with Photoshop. So this is literally screen shares stacked on top of each other in Canva. You guys get it. This was an email I sent out and the subject line was, what are you doing this week? I had over 50 replies in 24 hours. In the email, I just said, hey, it was something like this. I'm doing a Facebook Live. I'm really nervous about it, you know. Can you hit reply and let me know or and cheer me on? And also, what are you doing this week? And this was for my RV blog. So you can see David says, woohoo, you can do it. Jim, you go girl. And they go on and talk about, you know, what they're doing that week and so on and so forth. So let me ask you, would these people buy something from me? And for time's sake, I'm going to tell you, of course, people buy from people they trust. And so when I'm staying top of mind, I'm sharing in a relatable way, I'm investing my time into my leads. Obviously, I'm emailing, right? They come to trust me. And if I said, if I told Jim, David, Linda, if I said, you know, hey, I think you should buy this membership, I think you should get inside this course you know, they are that much more likely to say, okay, Liz, 
that sounds good. Click the link and buy. So let me prove it. Uh, this is my mic drop moment. So back in the day when I had my RV course, I think I mentioned the maintenance. It was just an idea. So I, I sent out an email. I said, hey, uh, I'm thinking about creating this resource. Click here if you're interested. I had 141 people click and I had 141 sales at cart close about 100 days later. So this is powerful. And I don't say that to brag, but I say this is possible for you and your clients as well. And I've done it in this very simple way. I didn't write out sales emails that, you know, took me 100 days to craft out. You know, I just treated my email list like they were friends. And so how do you do that? How do you start the friendship? Well, number one, a killer welcome sequence. If you or your clients do not have a killer welcome sequence, they are leaving potentially, you know, thousands, tens of thousands, you know, depending on how big they are, like hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table. And then you're going to follow it up by a consistent weekly newsletter. Remember, because staying top of mind is part of being a friend, right? And so this is just the four plus one method, four welcome emails, one weekly newsletter. And that's how you're going to get follower, friend, customer. You just need four welcome emails and one new, uh, weekly newsletter. At the end, you can have my swipe file. I'll just give it to you. And you've got those four welcome emails. And you can even you know, pitch to your client like, hey, I see your welcome sequence. Isn't that great? It turns out you need to turn those followers into friends, into customers. I have a swipe file. I can write those for you for X amount of dollars or for this many hours. It's going to take me this many hours. Would you like me to add that on? Something like that. So here's an easy way to welcome. And again, I've got a swipe file. So you can just, you know, take these and I call it take and make your own, right? So the first email is just a freebie and a quick intro. Like, hey, what up? I'm Emily. I teach unicorn VAs to whatever, whatever. By the way, I really like this. A quick intro. Uh, number two, your best content. Um, number three, newsletter expectations. And this one's really important. So you're going to tell people in that third email what they can expect. You know, I do a, a Monday morning live chat. I send out an email on Tuesdays. I post on Instagram stories. You know, whatever it is that your client does, you can put it in that third email. And that way, these followers, like they, they start to realize like who you are, what you're doing and what they can expect. And then fourth, you just put a big why, like, why am I doing this? Um, because I grew up really poor and there's no way in how my daughter is going to do the same, like whatever your client's big why is. And then, um, this is a little bit on the copy side. So what to always include in that weekly newsletter. So first you've got these four emails and then you switch over to a weekly newsletter. And I'm just going to go through these, I think. So number one, um, you've got a subject line for a friend. So look at these two. And this is a copywriting tip for you. The way you write a blog post, and some of you might write blog posts or work with blog posts, is not the way that you're going to write a newsletter or, you know, any sort of other copy. So look at these two subject lines. Number one, help my RV park is killing my soul. Look at that, a 45, almost 45 and a half percent open rate. Look at that second one, three ways to overcome the travel naysayers in your life. That sounds like a blog post title. It's kind of SEO optimized, right? Only 32% of the people opened it. And you can see 
a lot more clicks as well. And uh, it was sent out to about the same amount of people. So what was the difference? It was just that I wrote these or I wrote that top one for a friend, someone like if I was just writing my buddy Emily, like that is literally the subject line that I would write. Whereas that second one is a little more formal. It kind of blends in. You know, that's something you would write for a blog post that somebody would type into Google, not into their Gmail account. Number two, you want to give a personal update. And this is so this is where I know Emily mentioned that I I do things differently other than talk about telling stories and stuff like that. I talk about just giving people personal updates. And seriously, if you tell your client this, they are going to feel like the biggest sigh of relief because, and Emily, you can interrupt me and tell me how you feel about this. But when most people, (laughs) when most people hear the advice, like just tell more stories, it's like, oh no, I don't know how to tell a story. It's beginning, middle, end. Like that takes forever, right, Emily? It does. Oh my goodness. And it has to be so contrived. Like there's got to be that obvious like segue to the thing you're selling. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, Liz, I do not read those emails. Okay. Oh my gosh. Can I get that in writing? This is being recorded, right? <laughs> Let me tell you and all these unicorns watching right now, number one, like y- your people or your clients, people like Emily just said, she does not have time to read those emails. And number two, you don't have time to write them. Your client doesn't have time to write them. They signed up for the goods. Like, okay, so this example is from my buddy Pete, do you even blog.com? He's a meta blogger. You know, he blogs about blogging, obviously. And so he used this you know, instead of telling a story, just give a real quick personal update. Look at this. And this is actually ironically about camping. He says, so my wife and I just pulled the trigger on a sweet new pop-up camper and we're planning to take it for a spin sometimes next week, which means I've been busting it, trying to get this video made for you right into the content. Do you see this is like six sentences? It's the entire newsletter. I love it. And that I, that's what I try to teach people is, you know, Like, it's so easy for me. I'm a copywriter, right? It would be easy for me to say, just tell more stories. But that's what I do for a living. Like, literally, I have notebooks full of emails that I'm writing for other people. But, you know, chances are you or your client, you know, that's not what you do for a living. That is not your zone. So, you know, unless you're going to shell out the dough for a copywriter, like, you need a simpler solution and like, I just love to keep them simple. I love myself so much. I don't like to work a lot <laughs> and you should too. So if you just, instead of thinking I've got to tell a story, you know, like you said, beginning, middle, end, it's there's got to be this amazing segue that makes complete sense, you know, kind of like a Seinfeld episode at the end when they make a joke that was about like the first scene and you're like, wow, it was so amazing. How do they do that? No, like leave that to the professionals just give a quick update. Like I just went live with Liz. We were supposed to go live at 930. We ended up doing it at two because we got the time zones mixed up. Oh, by the way, here's the link. Like you don't have to go into this big story about how you met me and, you know, how I'm amazing or that I love in sync or, you know, like you can just say like, oh, whoops, it was supposed to be a couple hours ago. Here's the link. And people will appreciate that. And if you can tell your clients that, like, hey, like, kind of like, you know, the guy with the watches on the street, like, 
works. I got an, I got a new method. <laughs> like here it is. Like it's just, it's just that much easier. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I want to go back to your uh, subject line thing about your yeah, sure, sure. optimized blog. When I see those subjects come in, I think, oh, this is going to be a doozy. I'll save it for later. And then I don't open it. When yeah. I like to learn, I like to get to it real quick. But I, I get a lot of those emails from like Neil Patel, right? Okay. I love learning, but I always think, oh, I'll just read it later. And then I don't, or it gets filtered away or whatever. But if I see a blog that looks personal like that, help one that you you showed as an example, I'm like, ooh, what does she need now? Like, I can't help but be nosy and want to open it. And it, it just seems more personal. I, I love that tip so much with subject lines. Great, great. Okay. And then I've got uh, another little copy essential for your newsletter. Um, if you're writing them or sharing this with a client, just put their name a couple times. It doesn't have to be ridiculous. Here's a screenshot. Hopefully you can see it. You can see I did my personal update. I'm in San Diego with Chelsea. That's my daughter still watching my sister's dogs. Like that's the story beginning, middle, end, right? <laughs> We've done nothing because I'm cold. Oh, you know, and then it's, if you know of anything we should do, I'm all ears. I'm literally the worst at travel planning, Emily. And so that that is, I want you to, when you write a newsletter out, read it out loud and wherever you would naturally say someone's name or say like girlfriend or, you know, something like that, put their name. And it's just kind of, if you do it right like that, it just kind of wakes them up and gets them rereading. Like maybe they're skimming and it's like, oh yeah, that was a good sentence. Yeah. You know, nodding their head and then they go back and maybe read the whole thing. So, and then also just one call to action. Remember, we're turning these followers, these new subscribers into friends. So I like to, I like to give this analogy of you're at the coffee shop or, you know, you're at the coffee shop, you forgot a napkin, or let's say you forgot a straw. So you say, Hey, will you go get me a straw? Your friend gets up from the table, they go grab a straw. They're over there. And then all of a sudden you start hollering at them. Oh yeah, by the way, I need, I need napkins. No, three napkins. And oh yeah, I forgot my muffin. Can you go over there and see if my muffin's ready yet? That's so obnoxious. That's not how you treat a friend, right? I mean, unless they're like your best, best friend, which again, I said, you know, your newsletter friend is not your best friend. So, you know, you don't treat them like that, right? That's obnoxious. Just give them one call to action. Make it very clear. You can see this screenshot um, of me. That's actually a GIF, GIF, however you pronounce it. And I'm going like this, click me, click me. That's very freaking clear. That's what I want. Even in the copy, I say, click that GIF of me below and then click, click, click. That's very clear. That's exactly what I want them to do. If they do nothing else, that's what they're going to do with that email. So just one call to action. It's going to make it very clear, very concise. People aren't going to be confused because confused people leave the email list. But if you, you know, you tell them to do one thing, they'll do one thing. They'll keep coming back. You'll get that trust factor. Um, now, these are these are pictures of me with customers that I've actually met. Like I said, I had a travel blog. So obviously, it was much easier for me to actually like go out and meet people. Also, it wasn't a pandemic. <laughs> um, but I just want to show you like just how powerful this framework can be to take those new leads and with your own brand or your client's businesses, really turn those people into friends that trust you and you 
you get to know them and all of that. And so how does this segue into like turning them into a customer, right? Because it's like, these are your friends. How can you ask them for money? I would never ask my friend for money. Well, this is how you do it. And this is another write this down moment. So your job isn't to make money. It's to find a problem that needs solving. And so being able to, you know, meet up with these folks or, you know, get those email replies that you saw earlier, I was able to figure out their problems. And I mean, I'm not talking about like I'm a therapist here, but I was able to understand, okay, this is what is hard about email marketing. This is what they don't like about our being. This is, you know, whatever your client's thing is. And so the key to customers is really just figuring out those followers, those friends, those leads, whatever you want to call them. What are their pain points? And like hint, don't guess, so many of your clients probably have this story of, well, I created a course and nobody bought it. That has never happened to me because I use the follower, friend, customer. I don't guess. I don't just go out and create a product and hope someone buys it. I've done the welcome sequence. I've done the consistent emailing. And so now I can just ask these people, hey, you know, I can ask them these types of questions. Like, what sucks about crocheting? You know, what about crocheting do you, you wish you were e- would be easier? And then this last question is not one that I see often asked, but I think it's really important because you can really create something that's uniquely you or your clients can. Why do you follow me online? Kind of like what I was saying earlier. Who follows me is not going to follow maybe another email marketer, right? I love NSYNC. If you're a Backstreet Boys fan, you might go the other way, right? Um, So why do you follow me online? And that's going to help really create something that makes sense. Like think about why you follow Emily online and think about the types of offers that she lays out there. It's all in alignment, right? And so, you know, if you or your client is still confused about that, that's a great question to ask. And the proof is in the pudding. These are some of the products that I've personally created. Fix it yourself. That was that RV maintenance course. Like you saw, I just asked people, hey, are you interested in this? And then as I built it out, I just sent out a weekly newsletter. Hey, I'm building this. I'm building this. I'm building this. Okay, now it's time for you to buy it. Tales from the Black Tank, this picture of me going like this, that's actually, I got that from asking this question, why do you follow me online? It was my very first product. People said, well, you're funny and you can tell a good story. And so I created a book of hilariously crappy RV stories. Um, Open Sesame, that's my workshop for email marketing. I teach you how to get people to actually open your emails. That was because people said like, hey, this is great. I've, I've been following all these copy rules, but no one actually opens up my email to see how great they are. So I created a workshop to answer that question and so on. So email staircase, first you've got a follower in that process. You get them on the email list. You turn them into a friend with the four plus one method. And then you just ask them, hey, what can I create for you? And you turn them into a customer. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by my very own GIF and sticker making workshop. Turn your clients' videos into GIFs, design branded stickers for Instagram stories, and master the art of making your own GIF for promo emails. This is fun unicorn magic that we can do behind the scenes easily for our clients. The workshop is one hour, just $17.99. The link is in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash GIF workshop. That's G-I-F workshop. Back to the show. 
quite a few of my students have gone through what's called the virtual writer, which is a course where they learn some basic copywriting. And Tabitha has been through that, but she'd love to hear advice from you about being a beginning copywriter. About starting, yeah. like to be a copywriter. Ooh, that's so interesting. This is the first time anyone's asked me that. So, because I actually started copywriting because I knew I wanted to get into email marketing and I knew copywriting would give me the cash flow to like build a website around that. But honestly, well, number one, I already had a blog. So I already had built up a network. So I would say just use the network that you have post on. I This is what I did. I just posted on Facebook. I said, this was a year ago, probably like this week. I said, hey, in the new year, I'm going to be selling my blog and I'm going to be going all in on copywriting and email marketing. If you're interested, you know, kind of this is what I've done. And if you're interested in learning, sign up for my email list. And so I started an email list before I even had a website or anything. And with that email list or with anyone that commented and said, great idea, love to learn more, whatever. I just followed up and said, hey, you know, I'm going to start with day rates, you know, just I think I started with $1,000 for a day. And at that point, I was like, I'll write anything, (laughs) you know, I'll figure it out. And um, so I just used my existing network. I started with day rates and, you know, started that email list and just said, hey, I'm going to be doing day rates. If you're interested, I'd love to hop on a call. I really didn't have any idea what I was doing, but I knew that I wanted to do it. So I think confidence was also a really big factor. I think it's so interesting. And this is why I love having other, you know, service providers like you on the show is to hear how you started because you were doing one thing and pivoted, but those skills you were already using in your business. So I think a lot of people need to hear that, that it's okay to switch and pursue something that you get passion from and makes good money because copywriting is a great field to get into right now. Yes. So however you've been using copywriting in the past, that's how you want to position yourself. So even go back to the beginning of this video. And I said, I had my own blog. I've done all of this myself. And so that's my social proof. Like at the beginning, it was like, well, no, I've never had a client. But in my own business, I did X, Y, and Z. And so whatever your thing is like, okay, I've, I've been doing this for my clients or I built my own brand, whatever that case is, that's how you can say like, you know, number one, how you got the idea to do copywriting, like, oh, you know, I've been doing this with my clients for two years and now I'm going to branch out and, you know, really do the copywriting as its own service or whatever, and people will be like, oh, okay, you know, and just use that existing, that existing network that you have. Yeah, that's so cool. I don't, I don't, I can't believe I didn't know you had the RV blog. Do you, you don't live in an RV now. Do you? I don't. This is a house. This is the <laughs> largest RV known to man. I actually just moved out of my RV um, just three months ago. I lived in an RV for four years, 200 square feet. So that's just some inspiration for you. If you think you can't do it, I did it in 200 square feet with a toddler. So get to work, lady. Yeah. (laughs) I felt bad complaining about this split level house I'm in right now with no like dedicated office, but um, I know I have it good. So it could be small. Anything's possible. Right. Um, Someone just asked, oh, Shara just asked, what's your take on using emojis with your newsletter copy and in subject lines? 
That's so funny. So my take is if it's your personality to use emojis, then go for it. Do not put an emoji in every single subject line. That's obnoxious. But where it makes sense, totally go for it. Um, if that's your personality, if you naturally use emojis or your client does, I say go for it. I would say maybe once a month in the actual subject line within the copy itself, you know, don't be obnoxious, right? Like don't be like a 10th grade girl sending a text to her boyfriend. But, you know, whatever you naturally do, right? <laughs> whatever you naturally do, just do that. That's what I think people tend to complicate copy when really it's just, you know, I just did a presentation right before I got on this call. And one of the things, the last tip I said was read it out loud to yourself. Like just when you're reading it back to yourself, if this was to your friend, and if you would naturally put, you know, the high five or the girl raising her hand emoji, whatever the check mark, Look that. That's going to insert so much great personality and it's going to stand out. I say go for it. That's awesome. I, I like to use this one a lot now. <laughs> that's this year's. That's the emoji of 2020. Like, ugh. I think I saw some stats on emojis and subject lines and I think they're definitely more likely to be open. But I like what you said about not putting them in every one. They definitely break the pattern when you see them come in. But right you get used to it. And I think you also start to, or I do, I'm talking in second person here. I start to ignore them because they, they become too familiar. I get desensitized to them. Right. Well, I like what Emily just said about they break the pattern. So use them when, when you're like, okay, this is a great email. I really want people to pay attention. Or this is a great social media post. I really want people to stop and read this. That's when you use it, not like just, you know, like, oh, I'm just sending out this newsletter, like an average subject line would be okay. Like if it's a, I'm about to sell something next week and they need to know about this or like, uh, you know, just, I really want them to read this blog post. I really want them to go see this story. That's going to be good um, to put in the preview text line. So I'm supposed to be this amazing email marketer, know-all type of person. I've never used preview text lines. I've never used them. I don't use them. Um, <laughs> honestly, I don't even know how to. I had an email with yours that had it. Well, they, they just auto, unless you put it in, it just auto to whatever you wrote. So basically, you can, I mean, you can put, I would imagine it like, your subject line. And then if your subject line could be this, like it's this short, if it could be this long, but I mean, they're not, I don't use them. I think they're a little excessive. I think if your content is good, people are going to want to open it anyway. Sometimes they can backfire and make somebody not want to open an email. I don't right. Cause you're giving it away. Right. Yeah, at the same time, it can help me want to open it. So I feel like I'm being completely mixed messages right now, Carrie. But I think you should try it out. And it does depend on your email service provider, whether you can designate it or not. Uh, Kajabi just changed their uh, classic email to whatever they have now and you can do it. And I think sometimes I just completely leave it off. Sometimes when it's not obvious what it should be, I just leave it blank. So uh, try it out. And yeah, I would just, I wouldn't stress too much about if it stresses you out to write them, don't write them. 
if you can very easily like put like a dot, dot, dot to your subject line and another sentence, then use them. So what are you using for your email service provider right now? I use ConvertKit. Um, I also recommend, I recommend really anything but MailChimp, which someone says MailChimp. MailChimp is just, you can't put affiliate links to certain stuff and there's just really weird rules. And sometimes it just doesn't work right. Um, But honestly, I think just about anything works. I give the same advice. I am a MailChimp hater. However, I was just forced to set up a, a welcome series nurture series for a client in MailChimp and they, I got to play with the new upgraded customer journeys Yeah, you have to pay for it, but that, that, so it's much better than what it was, but I still don't love it. Just, I'll put it at that, but I thought I recognized your screen grabs as convert kit. Yeah. Yeah. That's just what I've always gone with. And I think, you know, you pick one and you just stick with it like a marriage in the fifties. Like you just never leave unless it's really dangerous. <laughs> the grass greener, and unless, you know, Brad Pitt comes along and you can switch over, but it's, there's problems with every single one of them. Really? Uh, what advice do you have when it comes to writing an email for the week and like guiding your client? Cause a lot of times I coach, let your client write the email, right? You kind of like, mm-hmm give some subject matter, you like the VA's formatting it, plugging it in, scheduling it, like doing the automations and whatnot. But oftentimes we're guiding the business owner. How can we guide them to do, to do it the Liz way? So, I mean, just going back to that presentation, number one, just telling them about personal updates. I mean, yes, technically that's a story, right? I'm in San Diego watching my sister's dogs, like period. That's the beginning, middle and end. But just saying like, just give, you know, Number one, you know, like, hey, Emily, right? Number two, a personal update, whatever you did that week, that's relevant to that person, right? You're not going to share about pickle sandwiches if that doesn't make sense, right? Like, we're not, we're not all like, you know, like Mark Twain. We can't just spin this web of tales. And so just giving that permission to say, like, just give them a personal update. Like, I just went live on Facebook or, you know, and the tech sucked. Like, anyway, here's a blog post. And just giving them also permission. And I can share my screen if you want to pull it up again. Okay. So what I'm showing you is actually a paid product. So you're welcome. But this is just the outline that I give people. And you can see it's kind of highlighted. Let me make it bigger. So basically, just tell them like, this is the outline. And you can I would hurry up and write this down because this is a $22 product. So you can either refer them to this or you can just write this down and give it to them. So first, just the subject line for a friend, right? Which we went over. Uh, The clever hello, like, you know, what's up, Emily? Like, or hey, I think today mine was hello with like 17 O's. Like, that's what I mean by clever hello. It's so simple. Like, don't just put hello, just put something else. Like, even hey is clever. The personal update, that should take them less than five minutes to write. Like today, I think mine was, oh my gosh, normally I write on Tuesdays. I'm writing on Monday because I'm so excited to share my new website. That was it. You know, that seriously took me 30 seconds. So less than five minutes, short transition into content. So that would be the anyway, dot, dot, dot. I wanted to show you my new blog post. Or speaking of camping... Here's my new blog post. Like, it doesn't even have to be relevant. Like Emily said, she's not reading those big, long stories. 
and people aren't reading it word for word. Like they just want the good stuff. Like, yeah, sure. Okay. You went camping or, you know, you went live on Facebook and that's a kind of funny, you know, like whatever that personal update is. And then just the short transition into content, your main content, which might be, you know, I said zero to five minutes because it might just be a link or you might want to explain what the Facebook live is about or the blog post. It doesn't, and then the call to action might just be that link again, right? Or, uh, you know, hit reply and let me know what you think of my new website. Hit reply and tell me what your goal for 20, you know, whatever it is, sign off, peace, Liz. And so let me show you again that one that my friend had. Hang on, I'm trying to find it for you guys. You guys, that was gold, what Liz just shared with you. That is handing everything over on a silver platter for you. And then that gives you the confidence to tell your clients exactly what they need to say, not overthink it, and just give them the margin orders. Yeah. And so that's called 20 minute newsletters. Um, that's like my main tripwire, but I just like you guys were just asking all those questions. I was like, I'll just give it to you. So look at this one. It's like, what's going on, Elizabeth? I don't know who Elizabeth is, by the way. I don't know how they got my full name, but um, that's the clever hello. And he, so I use Pete's example because he actually has that 20 minute newsletters bookmarked and he uses it for every email he writes now. And so my wife and I just, that's the personal update, right? Dot, 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 which means that's literally the segue, like this sentence, which means I've been busting it, trying to get this video made for you. That's the entire segue. It's not this cleverly crafted thing we talked about earlier. Like it's literally just one sentence. The content, the video question mark, and then the call to action is him hyperlinking that video. You know, I'm sure he had like a sign off, right? But that's the, you know, that's it, right? So, I mean, it can really be that simple. You guys head to her website now. Liz just launched her brand new one. And you can very clearly and obviously grab her email swipes that she referred to in her presentation, where you get the four welcome email series and exactly what to put in there. Right. Seriously, I want you, I want you to have these swipes, take them, use them for your clients. I seriously get so much joy. Like it makes me giddy when I read an email and I'm like, wait, that sounds familiar. I'm like, I think they probably use my swipes for this. Like, that's so cool. And if I can, and you know, feel free, like use them for yourself, for your clients, whatever I want. To me, there's nothing more. They say like, you know, do the work that like fix the problem that pisses you off, right? Like there's nothing that makes me more angry than seeing one of my friends create a course that took them like 90 days and then it didn't sell. And so that's why I went into this business because I'm like, actually it can be pretty simple, right? Like there's nothing special about me. Like I'm just a girl who still listens to NSYNC and like at the time, like lives in 200 square feet. Like, but these are the methods that I've used and I've actually built three businesses off of them. And now in the last year, you know, I had hundreds of people use these swipes and it's just all about setting up that foundation. It can really be so simple, right? How how often should we go back and revisit our welcome series? And I know I need to do that. That's on my to-do list, but how often should we do that for our clients? Well, number one, it should be part of your onboarding process Mm -hmm. to look at their welcome sequence because you can make them a lot of money if you if you can, you know, get their stuff right. Cause that's, I mean, I do like one hour consults and that's almost everything we talk about is like, how do I 
my email list, no one's opening. No, I'm not talking to them. So, but I would say like once a year, I mean, unless they're rapidly changing who they are, what they're talking about, what their opt-in is, you really don't have to change it very often. So maybe once a year, you know, maybe they come out of the gate talking about X and then the next year, you know, they're talking about X plus Y, you know, or they're a little louder or they're, you know, what, like whatever their personality has changed or whatever. It's kind of a set it and forget it type of thing until you start getting into like really advanced strategies or, you know, changing your brand up. Yeah. And I've had to do that a lot. You all going in with new brand new clients and helping them do this. This is, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of work here where you can go in and Liz just gave you the the audit packet too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so what I have a personal question, what about gifts and emails? Like what are some, have you, do you have any, I'm asking all my copywriter friends, any do's or don'ts when it comes to those using them in emails? Like I like the one where you're like, click me. I like that you made it and then it's you, but do you, I don't know, have any rules about when you put them in emails, when you don't, what not to do? Yeah. So first we need to talk about deliverability. So part of, I mentioned I do an open Sesame workshop. And so part of that is just being deliverable, right? Just, I call them the internet gods. You know, they're the gatekeepers and they're like, this is garbage or this isn't. And that's what lands you or your clients into spam. And so honestly, I don't, I love them, but I don't put them in every single email because this goes for pictures and GIFs and like all that stuff. Um, like, let's say I'm sure you've gotten this email. And if you have Gmail, it says at the top something like, this email may have images in it. Click here to show them or whatever it says. If you don't click that, even if you open it, you read, even if you click to the blog post or whatever, it will send ConvertKit, Active Campaign, MailChimp, whatever. It will tell them that you did not open that email. And so it affects your deliverability if your GIFs aren't being shown or your pictures. So that's why I say don't do it often. But if it's in your client's personality, then I say yes. Again, the same as those emojis in the subject line. You use it kind of as a pattern break more than to showcase you know, a ton of personality or, or you don't want to rely on them just to show personality. You want to use it as like a pattern break or something exciting that they're not expecting. Or if you've got like, you know, really funny joke, or, you know, you really want to drive the point home, like use that as an emphasis. It's kind of like an exclamation point to whatever you've written. So for me, like in my welcome sequence in the second in the second email, it's me talking. So I have a GIF, like another like click to watch type of thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's unexpected in that second email. And then I don't, you know, I don't have any more. Right. And so then I maybe use them once a month as like, oh yeah, Liz uses GIFs. Isn't that funny? Or, you know, but I wouldn't use them in every single one. Yeah. Don't depend on it. I think it's good when it conveys extra emotion or humor. Like, I, I mean, I, you know me, I like to add the humor into it, but sometimes a gift can add to it, but sometimes it can distract and, you know, not really help tell the story, but so, you know, more often than not, they can be funny, but it really does depend. And I'm glad you said that about not putting them in 
every email. <laughs> like don't. Yeah, open- that might. I mean, it, again, like the same as the emojis, right? Like you don't want to be annoying or it's like, oh, yeah, I'm looking at Shit's Creek gifs again. Same as last week. What yeah. is she actually trying to say? So you she- know, like, can she actually tell a joke or, you know, um, does she even yeah. work? Is she just playing on Giphy all day? <laughs> right, right. So just use, you know, use your best judgment on that, I think. Now, can you tell me what kind of clients you're looking for and that you work with? I know you, you were telling me you do, you like launch emails, right? So I just was kind of curious, like the scope of your freelance business right now. Yeah, sure. So for me personally, actually in 2021, I'm not going to take anything but email writing clients. So obviously the welcome sequence is what I'm good at. You know, um, if you have more of an advanced strategy where, you know, you want people to get on a wait list or sign up for your program or buy your thing, we use a slightly different welcome sequence for that. But mainly right now, yeah, just taking on um, email clients for course creators that really just don't know what they're doing and they just need it done yesterday though. (laughs) You know, so I like to work, I like to work with day rates. I mentioned that I did day rates to begin with. And then I started, I was really good at pitching really big projects, but I realized I procrastinated those. So I went back to the day rates. And so I'm just taking on, you know, course creators and some service providers mainly bloggers, because that's who I was, right? So I can really super relate that, you know, they've made money, you know, they've hit the 100,000 page views or whatever. So they're making money off ads, maybe some sponsorships. And they look at someone like me and they think, well, what the hell? How is she making money? She, you know, she only has 500 subscribers or, you know, she probably doesn't even have Google Analytics set up on her site. And so I want to show people like, oh, well, you know, here's the watches, right? Like, here's here's how you really make money and how you can be in control of it. And so those people that are, they're aware, like, oh, yeah, email's the way, but it seems so freaking hard to think about a funnel or paying a copywriter to write a funnel. And those are the kinds of people that I work with. Okay, this is awesome. And this is a good good for our network too. And we can refer clients to you as well. Cause we get, we get those people. All the- oh, cool. Well, anybody from the group, um, I do give out, I guess like a finder's fee. So if you refer me and they book, I give out 10%. And oh, yeah. my, my day rate is $2,000. So that would be an easy $200. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause we just had some like last week and over the weekend and that's, that's good to know, but we're just building our network over here. Yeah. And dang, girl, 2000 that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I started off, like I said, I started at 1000 and then I did I did a few at that. And I was like, this isn't worth it. You know, like, I'm still not motivated enough to yeah. sit down and do this. Oh and so then I went to 1200 1500 and I've settled on 2000 And that feels really good, I think, for me and my clients. Good. That's so good. Whenever I do writing, especially for my own business, I like to think like, what would I pay myself for that? And it's always way more than what I thought like the going rate would be because it it is a lot of work. It's a lot of brain work in that. It's a lot, but it's something that I, I love to do. That's why I sold my blog. I was like, I really just like to write emails. Like that's the only thing I like about blogging. So that's what I'm going to go do. Good. I love, oh, that's so smart of you. So, okay. Quick. Okay. Be truthful. When do you send out your emails? 
I send out my emails Tuesday mornings. Like I said, I sent one out today because my new site went live. I saw a couple, a couple friends in the comments that said they already checked it out. So thanks. Um, I was just really excited. Do you send an unopened email every week too? Do you do those campaigns? Oh my gosh, no. We're going to have to come back and talk about that because I think that is a terrible idea. (laughs) Actually, you know what, Emily, remind me and send me a message. I, I wrote an email about this in a newsletter a long time ago that I can send you the link to. So friends, stop doing this. It's really bad for your deliverability. I don't care what anyone says. The internet gods do not like it. Totally new to me, Liz. So you send out, so let's say Tuesday morning, I send something out. My email open rate is 30%. So I send it again Friday morning. I get a 10%. That does not tell the internet gods, we'll call them, that you have a 40% open rate. That tells them that you have a 30% open rate and a 10% open rate. A 10% open rate is terrible open rate. So why do people lie and put them together and inflate their open rates? Because nobody knows that. (laughs) I mean, I would say, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. A project manager told me this one time. She told me that fact. And I like looked into it and it's really, it just made sense to me. And like, just write better emails and better subject lines. You won't have to do that. So I love that. So when do you write your email for the week? What does that look like for you? Well, I use my 20-minute newsletters. I wrote my email today. It took me 17 minutes, and I sent it out immediately. I love it. I love it. I, like, hate all this, like, feeling bad for myself because I don't have the next six weeks planned out. But if you're doing the update 20-minute newsletter formula, you don't need to. We need a screen share of that when you said that, and I went, (laughs) (laughs) like, why would you do that? Um, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, if, if you are one of those amazing, I mean, you guys are unicorns. So if you are an amazing unicorn that gets their content, you know, out the door and it's all lined up, do it. That's great. If you can batch, I don't batch. Cause if you can't tell, like, I just like to live my life. <laughs> and, um, so I just write it. And that's also probably why I created like a system to be able to do it in 20 minutes. Like I just need to get it out the freaking door before my kid, you know, like gets into the fridge and eats up all like next three days of dinner. Right. Yeah. And so like, that's, I mean, basically that, you know, I have Chelsea, my daughter to thank for all my simplistic marketing. I love that. I can't leave a Sharpie out anywhere because my three-year-old is like, it's like, Bugs to the, the bug zapper, just zoop right over there, immediately Sharpie, wherever it shouldn't be. So yes, I'm all about getting it done quick. I also don't batch. So I love that you're being truthful about that and just get it done. And sometimes when I'm doing the work for clients, you guys, when I'm being the implementer, that the unicorn that a lot of you are, I'll format the email. I'll leave the space for the update part and I'll put like the call to action. I'll get all that ready. I'll be like, you get in there and you write this part because I'm not writing your update about your own personal life. I don't do that. So per script and do the parts that you can and let your business owner do the rest. Yeah, seriously. If you use that, I mean, you can go to the site and get it or you can just rewind this and just screenshot it. It's up to you. But like, this is going to make your life so much easier with email marketing. I mean, and I'm not saying that like, because I wrote it, like I use it. 
I use it. I love it. I would not, you know, I would not do it any other way. <laughs> I don't have time. Oh uh, Kelly just asked how you guys learn to do all this stuff. Yeah. With the emails, I mean, like I said, it was just out of necessity. I just needed to get stuff done. And, you know, I looked at all these other copywriters. I mean, no shade intended. And I'm like, this does not work for a blogger that has to write blog posts, do social media, you know, whatever. I don't have a VA yet, you know. And so it was really just born out of necessity and just looking at you know, what people were doing. And I was like, okay, how can I make this shorter, better, easier? Yeah. And, right? tr- and true to me, I, you and I know who we're talking about with those big, long emails. Mm-hmm. I get on this list. They're like, you need to follow so-and-so. Her emails are so good. And I get off. Like, I can't handle it. I can't do it. Yeah. I mean, that serves a purpose. It does. It does. It does. Okay. But in general, yes. Yeah. Well, you can do it. I could way. talk about this all day. Email me, DM me if you have more questions. Get on her email list. See how she does it. Get her swipes. That link is in the description. Liz, what's your favorite NSYNC song? My favorite NSYNC song? Oh my gosh, this is so hard. Probably I Thought She Knew, which is a pure acapella, no music. It's just their voices. True to theme, very simple song, but beautifully arranged. You guys should check it out. I thought she knew. After you get my swipe files, obviously. Then head over to YouTube. Yeah. (laughs) And we'll start our own Spotify playlist. So um, get you guys in the mood for some writing. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for meeting up with me again this afternoon. Sorry about this morning's confusion. And we we made it, though. And We, we did it, baby. We did. <laughs> I, I, I so want to send out these in sync one liners, but it's like four o'clock and my brain's like, Joop, done, 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 done. Uh, well, we could say something like we could say, <laughs> get the swipes and it's going to be you who saves the day. There you go. There you go. All right. I'll talk to you later, Liz. Bye. Thanks. Isn't she fabulous? Thanks for joining me today and listening to this and learning. I think it's amazing that you're open to learning new things and growing your knowledge, expanding your knowledge, and opening your network by listening to the people here on my podcast. I encourage you to join me in our weekly Facebook group where I do these interviews live in my Facebook group first, and then we repurpose them and turn them into podcasts later. That way, people who didn't catch it live can catch it, I don't know, when you're in the car or cleaning the kitchen or whatever you do when you're listening podcast, maybe you work out like kudos to you. So if you join us live, then you get to ask questions and it's more of a two-way conversation, which I, I love, but I also love my podcast. So I would love to have you over in the free group. The link is in the show notes. And I encourage you to check out Liz's links. She has her free email swipes. Just go to her webpage, but those links are in the show notes. So next week, we have a fun one. I'm going to talk about five must-have tools to have in your freelance business. You're going to love that one, and I'll see you then. If you're ready to learn the digital marketing and social media skills that will get you hired online, head over to vacrashcourse.com where you can learn about my five-week program, the Digital Media VA Crash Course. Small business owners and solopreneurs want to hire someone who gets it and who can help them implement just about everything. They're looking for a magical assistant who does it all. 
With my comprehensive training, you can get your foot in the door and become the unicorn. Check out VACrashCourse.com. Liz, welcome. Liz, <laughs> you see all my notes and stuff. Yeah, I, I keep it real meta around here. <laughs> that was so professional. Okay, all right. I'm gonna- okay. Sorry, now my hair's see. I'm getting pissed. My hair's getting crazy. It's starting to move like Medusa. <laughs> but people, mo- 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 I've never 